Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this reading today. I pray that this reading help those who are listening as we read the book of Jeremiah, starting off in chapter 1. Heavenly Father, I ask that you forgive me for mispronunciations, if there are any. I pray that you give us the spirit of wisdom and counsel in the reading of the book of Jeremiah. I pray that you give us the spirit of knowledge and understanding, Heavenly Father, in the reading of the book of Jeremiah. Heavenly Father, I pray that you give us the spirit of the fear of the Lord, Heavenly Father. I pray that you give us the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, for they don't know him nor see him. But by your power, we know him, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray. Amen. Now that we have read the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 1, and let's see if we can get some kind of understanding out of Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 to the last verse of this chapter, which is verse 19. And we're just going to try to look at a few things. What what we've read is we have have read um, the World English Bible. Okay, and with some of the King James, um, I like to read these two books with other books side by side. Okay, um, the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, at verse one, if we notice, it's the words of Jeremiah. Someone is writing this this down and is telling us that these are the words of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is telling what took place from the first chapter to the end of the chapter. Okay. Um, Today, we can just record what we're doing ourselves. But as we notice that during this time, people are doing the recording, people are writing. And in their writings, they're not writing their own minds. They are writing the minds of others. And here is one in in the book that we call the Bible, the, the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 1 tells us the words of Jeremiah. Then it gives us who he is, the son of Hilkiah, who is one of the priests. See? Who is one, not who is, because they don't have the word who, but I just added. Um, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Helkiah, one of 
the priests who were in Antioch in the land of Benjamin. Notice this area that Jeremiah was in, which is Shaks Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, named after the last son of um, Israel, named after the last son of Jacob, who has became Israel. Verse 2 says, Yahweh's word came to him, or in the King James, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the sons of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. That's King James. Verse 2 of chapter 1 of the book of Jeremiah. However, the world English Bible reads, Yahweh's word came to him. He has a name. He has a name. See, I believe that when we see the word Lord capitalized as we will spell it out, L-O-R-D. When we look at that, a lot of us are offended because, because it doesn't have his name. But we know this word, the Lord, is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the Lord. Okay. When, so when we see that, we're talking about the God of Israel. Okay. Jeremiah is speaking to Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is how if this is the pronunciation of his name. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 2, Yahweh's word came to him, came to Jeremiah, when in the days of Josiah, the son of, of Shaxamon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. Is very interesting. God has given us a time frame, a historical statement. Okay? It came also. What came also? See, what came? The when you go back to verse one, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, what came? Yahweh's word came to Jeremiah. Verse three, it came also in the days of Jehoachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, to the end of the 11th year of, of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, to the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So what's happening here? The word of the Most High came unto Jeremiah, starting at 
the 13th year of the reign of Josiah. Okay. This is when it came to Jeremiah. It came to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah. It also, it came also in the days of Jehoiachim. See, in verse 3, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, to the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah. It came from the 13th year all the way to them being taken in captivity. Now, verse 4, which read, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That's a powerful, powerful statement. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, before I formed you in the womb. Isn't that interesting? God is saying to Jeremiah, and we all have to listen to this statement, if you are Israel or in the Christendom faith, depending on if you believe in the slave Bible only where the book of Jeremiah is not inside. But if you believe in the whole word, listen to this statement. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Is this showing just on the question now as we go on through the book of jeremiah is this showing that abortion is wrong before i formed you in the womb i knew you i want you to just hear the term before i form thee in the belly my goodness Continuing, before you were born, remember you were con a person is conceived, then brought forth. Some are conceived and are never brought forth. Some are conceived and are never brought forth because of what's taking place in the body and what we have done to the body growing up when we have came out of the body. Then some are conceived and are brought forth, which is also consists of a abortion, but forcefully brought forth. Let's continue. Um, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. 
the King James gives it beautifully. Before I form thee in the belly, you can connect with that a little more. I knew thee. A child can connect with that. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. God sanctified Jeremiah in the womb of his mother. Are we having brothers and sisters that are that 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 God has sanctified in the belly and before they were born? We ripped that away. I sanctify thee and I ordain thee a prophet. In the womb, Jeremiah is being ordained a prophet in the womb. Not when he's out of the womb. Before he was in the womb, God knew him. And in the womb, God ordained him a prophet to the nations. Verse 6. Then I said, uh, Lord Yahweh, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I am a child. Remember what um, 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 Paul said when I was a child. See? You can finish that. But Paul stated, when I was a child, I, then he put certain behaviors in speaking as a child. There are a lot of us who are, or who is, in adulthood that cannot speak the word of God because in the mind, in the heart, in the action of life, they are children. Then I said, Ah, Lord, Yahweh, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Look at that. Verse 7. But Yahweh said to me, notice he has in a conversation with God and declare the truth to God. I can't do this. I am not able to do what you are requiring me of because I don't know how to speak. Thy word is separate from any other word on earth. Notice that the word of God is separate from any other word. And to be honest, for one to say, I don't know how to speak the word of God because the word of God is separate. So to speak the word of God, God has to separate you 
as he as he has done to Jeremiah in the womb. He was already separated. If we notice, all the firstborn that come out of the womb is holy unto God. They're his children. You can use an alpha male, as I call us, all firstborn men and women. See? Well, all the earth, all the firstborn is an alpha. See? And all the firstborn belong unto God. See? And in the womb, Jeremiah was ordained to do what? But Yahweh said unto me, don't say I am a child, verse 7 of Jeremiah chapter 1, for you must go to whomever I send you. Jeremiah seems like that he's trying not to do the will of God. This is where the term free will comes in. Okay, the term free will. I read in the book of Romans chapter 9, where Paul says that one would say, whom has ever resisted the will of God? Who has ever told him, no, I'm not going to do what you have commanded me to do. And then performed. Listen to that statement now. And then performed that will. Okay? Free. Jeremiah, like Moses is saying, I can't do this. Not that I don't want to do it, I can't do it. I don't have the ability, see? And some of us are saying that to God today. I don't have that ability to do it. But here's what God is telling Jeremiah. But Yahweh said to me, said to Jeremiah, don't say, I am a child. For you must go to whomever I send you. And you must say whatever I command you. That's the power of God on a man. That's the power of God on a man. The power of God is on Jeremiah to speak. See, the power of God is on him. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 8. Be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Listen to that verse carefully. But be, but, I'm sorry, don't be afraid. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid because of them. 
or of their faces. This is one of the reasons why a lot of us are now afraid because of what happened to great men such as Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. When you read and come to find out that regardless of you being just innocent or not, it came out that the FBI covered up, exposed in Malcolm X murder as two men are exonerated. Says that the FBI covered it up. Men are afraid of this dragon. See, of this dragon. And the only way to stand is through the word of God. To climb up any other way. See, see, you can't climb up no other way. If any man tries to climb up any other way to get into the kingdom or to bring people in the kingdom, he is a thief and a robber. There's a movie called, um, I think it's World War Z or World Z. I don't know the name of the movie, but there's a clip where that they are in Jerusalem and these zombies are trying to climb up a wall. They're trying to get in to the kingdom. See, he that, but they cannot come through the front door. See, he that climbs up any other way is a thief and a robber. Let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 8. Don't be afraid because of them. For I am with you to rescue you. The Most High is with his people to deliver them. See, to deliver them. Especially here with Jeremiah. Chapter 1, verse 9. Then Yahweh stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. Then Yahweh said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Amazing. We can't speak the word of God unless God put it in there. What we're reading is an original thought. This is not Jeremiah saying somebody told me. This is an original thought, okay? Jeremiah is considered a genius, okay? But here he is, is saying that he, he, can, he gives all of this unto the Most High God. 
men have took the book of Jeremiah and have have tried to write this into plays, write this into movie scripts. But it cannot be done to the point of satisfactory as if you are watching one of the Marvel movies, which are done based off of the the mind and the words of a man. See, these words that Jeremiah is speaking don't belong to him. See, these words that Jeremiah is speaking belong unto God. And be, and because they belong unto God, men cannot put a face unto these words. See, they can't put a similitude unto these words. And Jeremiah is an example of this power. Then Yahweh stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. Then Yahweh said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Remember what Christ said. These are not my words. These are the words of the one whom sent me. The words that Jeremiah is about to speak belong unto God. And these are the words today that men men and women are trying to listen to. But in the day that we live in, brothers and sisters are saying that this word is dead as they thought in the days of Jeremiah. See, nothing can invade this land. We can live how we choose to live because we no longer hear that voice. See, we no longer hear that voice as some of us believe that there was a voice in the United States of America that caused America to be that great power that it is today. We can't read this without discussing the powers that are today because a lot of us do not think that the Bible is relevant today. However, when reading the book of Jeremiah, I believe we want to see an average day newspaper of what has happened and what is happening in today's time can also be compared to what has happened in the day of Jeremiah, which the scriptures tell us that the Old Testament that we call it, or the Tanakh and the Torah, okay, is 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 to warn us, is to prepare us for the return or the coming, as we say, the second coming of the son of the highest. And some of us are going to eventually become like him, however he is, 
we will one day be like him. Today in the flesh, we are not. For when Christ was raised, he told Mary, don't touch me, for I have not ascended unto the Father. So no one could handle him. However, when he returned, he told them to handle me, for I am flesh and bone. So one day we will be like him. Verse 9, then Yahweh stressed, verse 9 of the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, then Yahweh stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. Then Yahweh said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. We have to be very careful today when the preachers tell us that God told them to tell us. Come on now. Whew. Okay, let me slow down a little bit. We have to be careful for there are multiple men and women who says God told me to tell you. And if you're going to read the book of Jeremiah with me, we don't know how long it's going to take to get through the book of Jeremiah because it is a long book. And um, we're going to, as we did today, we're going to read the book of Jeremiah and then we're going to go back through the Jeremiah, through that chapter and see what we see inside of the book of Jeremiah with the help of the Holy Ghost, with the help of the Holy Spirit, okay? For those who want to know what the Holy Ghost is, it's the Holy Spirit. It is found in the book of, I believe, in the book of Isaiah chapter 11, starting at verse 2 of what the Holy Spirit is, okay? Verse 10 of the book of Jeremiah Chapter 1. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down to build and to plant. This is the word of God that's on Jeremiah that is put in Jeremiah. Behold, he says, see, behold, listen, pay attention to what you have. See, when these preachers say, God told me to tell you, when, when uh, uh, the preachers of L.A., Okay, when the preachers of Los Angeles, okay, uh, the preachers of Detroit, when the preachers of Chicago, when the preachers of Baltimore, when the preachers of New York, when the preachers of North and South Carolina and Florida, when the preachers all over say, God told me to tell you as God is telling Jeremiah to tell the people 
that word that was given to Jeremiah that had that same power should be given unto preachers like John Hagee, right? They should have this power, see, that should be given to people like Joel Osteen. No disrespect unto these men. None at all. But these men say that God told them. See, they get this, this same type of revelation or similar a revelation as the men and the women of the Bible to declare what is taking place around the world, how to be successful, how to be helpful, how to stand for Israel. This is what I believe that they're trying to put and that I am supposed to to receive when I listen and read their materials. However, when I read the book of Jeremiah, as we've seen, I get a different take on what God is saying that his word can do when when we go back up to brothers and sisters, Jeremiah chapter one, verse eight, when the word of God is on a man, he says, don't be afraid of their faces or don't be afraid because of them. You know, you're going to be challenged. But he says, for I am with you to rescue you. So this is the only reason why that they could bring the word of God and say that God told them to tell. See, verse nine, then Yahweh stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. See, to put the word in these men and women, who has ordained these men and women, who has, who has commissioned these men and women? One can say the same about me right now. But because I believe that I am a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, see, through, through his children, his 12 sons, see, which are now scattered all over and is in America, I believe that I can speak the word of God because God told Abraham, I make this covenant with you in your blood, which means it's the bloodline, a bloodline that God would choose. And as that bloodline, he chose that bloodline to be connected with Sarah, not any other woman, see? This is the bloodline that he has chose. And to be the son of Abraham and say, I am the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you have to also say, I am the son of Sarah. <laughs> See? You have to be the son of Sarah. Not any other woman, even though Abraham had other children. So when Abraham had three wives and eight children, when you say, I am the son of Abraham, you can also say, I am the son of Abraham and Ishmael, 
This is what some people have the right to say. They can also say he is the son of Abraham and his other eight children. This is why it is important for Israel to say, I am the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when we ask where these other individuals get their commission to preach the word of God, who has ordained them to do so, and then you will track where they where they get theirs all the way down to the Roman pontiff and where that the Roman pontiff got his power and his authority. However, we believe that God has commissioned the apostles who were either grafted in Okay, he has commissioned the apostles to teach those who are either grafted in or are of the bloodline of Israel, even though that there are those who are born of Israel who are not of Israel. Okay, there are those who are Israel but are not for Israel. Okay, let's continue. So I'm just asking the question when they say God has told me to tell you, okay? God has told me to tell you, be careful. Then Yahweh stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. Verse nine of chapter one. Then, then Yahweh said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So when somebody say God has told me to tell you, they saying God has put his words in my mouth to tell you. And what is his word is able to do? Behold, I have today set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. To do what? To root up and to tear down. This is what the word of God does. It roots up. Okay, it's powerful enough to root up nations is powerful enough to root up kingdoms, okay? It's powerful enough to tear down nations. It's powerful enough to tear down kingdoms. It's powerful enough to destroy nations. It's powerful enough to destroy kingdoms. It's powerful enough to overthrow kingdoms. It's powerful enough to overthrow nations. It's powerful enough to overthrow kingdoms and nations to build up nations and kingdoms and to plant nations and kingdoms. This is the power of the word of God. So when one says God has told me to come and tell you, see, God is building up Israel all over the face of the earth. God has already planted Israel. See, God is in the midst of his people, even though his people is suffering all over the face of the earth. God is with us. He told Moses, what did he tell him? Go back into Egypt. And when he sent Moses, he went with Moses. God is always with his people, even on 
even going through the Atlantic slave trade, brothers and sisters, do not think that the Most High God was not on that ship with us. Yes, he was. He will never leave us nor forsake us, even though we are a stiff-necked people. We are a stiff-necked people. Let's go to verse 11. Moreover, moreover, Yahweh, his, mm, pardon me, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then, verse 12, then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Then Yahweh said to me, you have seen well, for I watch over my word to perform it. When we have to be careful because the word that is given unto Jeremiah. Let's, let's go up here to verse 11. Moreover, Yahweh's word came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? I said, Jeremiah said, I see a branch of an almond tree. All I see is a branch of an almond tree. Then Yahweh said to me, you have seen well, for I watch over my word to perform it. We know what Moses used. Might as well say the rod, a branch, a rod, and took that rod into slavery. See? This is a tangible thing that he needed to see because he sees the word shucks abstract in his mind. He hears the voice of God. He, he may even be standing in somebody physically and is talking to him. Okay, however it is. But he also now sees a tangible item that also helps define what God is doing. Abstract in his mind to write down. Tangible in his hand to touch it. Okay? To touch it. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 13. Yahweh's word came to me the second time saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a seeing pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. Verse 14, then Yahweh said to me, out of the north, evil will break out on all the inhabitants of the land. Out of the north. Mm, mm, mm. 15. For behold, 
I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north. God is telling Jeremiah, this is what he's going to do. I'm going to call all the families of the kingdoms of the north. How? By using Jeremiah, using the word of God. God is using his word to call all the families of the kingdom of the north. And you know what? All the families of the kingdom of the north is what's going to build this massive statue that is seen by, by um, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, that had to be explained to him. This is all the families. And notice that in order to do this, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, is called what? The head of gold. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, as God is talking to Jeremiah during this particular time, is already strategizing. However, as that is taking place, as God is 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 using his uh, his 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 authority that no man has, see, but himself, unless he puts it on you through his word and is using that to gather all the families of the north, he's talking to Jeremiah. And he's telling Jeremiah what is going to go down. For verse 15 says, for behold, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north says Yahweh or said the Lord and they will come but do you remember what Christ says no man can come unto me except the father which sends me draw thee and all the father sends to me will come the word of God draws a man it resonates with a man's spirit. It resonates with his heart. It resonates with his mind. It resonates with his blood. That voice draws a man. For behold, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north. Not only is God using his word to do and to bring in and to fulfill his will, even if it's to use men or beasts or these elements, whatever he speaks, all things hear him and is under his will. Who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 15 for behold I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north says Yahweh they will come or and they shall come and they shall set everyone his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem 
and against the walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. My goodness. That means there is no escape. Wherever you are, this army is going to be around you. Even in the last days, brothers and sisters, this army is all around. We are scattered in every nation. And where are they? They are at the entrance of their gates. You cannot go to these airports, fly in and out of these gates unless you have a passport. This passport identify you as who they deem you are, okay? Of who you are to them. See, and you cannot get in and out of their kingdoms. And guess what? All of their kingdoms is surrounding Israel. Israel, even today, is surrounded. Even the land is surrounded. Okay? Everybody is watching it. Okay? You cannot fly into Israel unless you go into their gates, which is the, um, um, either you're flying in, you're driving in, or you're sailing in. However, you have to go through their gates. Whoever set up these gates in the way to go in, you're, they're not set up just because men decided to do this. They're set up because if you notice, men are closer and closer are coming together to decide who will be the ultimate power. And underneath this ultimate power, there will be a war called Armageddon. But it has to be structured underneath one head general, one leader, one who can rule this entire army. And, and, and to do this, this individual must rule the world. Because if you rule the sword, Okay, if you have the sword, if you notice there's a cartoon by the name of He-Man, what does he carry? The sword, okay? God has a two-edged sword, but this sword is a symbol of power, see? And whoever has this leadership and can point this sword in any direction, the Shek's army will follow and with that, so will the world, okay? So will the world. However, in order for it to do this, God is the one that is, is just orchestrating everything, okay? There is nothing that is outside of his power. All things is in the will. It's thy will shall be done. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 16, and I will just utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness, who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods 
and worship the works of their own hands. God is bringing this judgment upon Israel, brothers and sisters. He's bringing all the families of the north. See? In Jeremiah chapter 1, 15, for behold, I will call all the families, not some of them, all of the families of the kingdoms of the north. If, if you notice, the Roman Shucks Empire is now united with all the German family. That this prophecy is totally fulfilled because this prophecy is starting. God is saying that this word came in during the time of Josiah, okay? This is when it started. It came in. It never said when it was fulfilled. This is coming in. And yes, what Jerusalem is about to feel is also what certain powers, as God has brought in this great shucks power at one time called Germany, see, ran by Hitler, see, then before him, Mussolini, and before him, there were just others and others and others and others, but what is happening? All the families of the North is coming together. This is called North America. All the families are coming together. I will just utter my judgment against them concerning all the wickedness in that they have forsaken me. Why has God brought all the families together? Why did the Atlantic slave trade happen? Because we forsaken the most high God and we still do today. The great Malcolm X says, we are those people in a live interview pointing to the Jews in Jerusalem and say, they not the people, we are the people. However, we chose Islam. This is what he said. A lot of people don't believe that that's what he said, but he said it on live TV, black and white. He said, we chose it, but we are the people of God. We are, we are the descendants. We are the 12 tribes of Israel. We are, but the same thing. We have always been a stiff-necked people. We will always be a stiff-necked people until we hear the word of God and the word of God bring us back to him. I will, verse 16 of the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, I will just utter my judgment against them concerning all their wickedness and that they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods 
and worship the works of their own hands. How many of us even today are doing this? How many of us say we are Christians and worship other gods, but say, no, I do not. When the most high God says, these are my feast days. If the most high give us feast days, if he say, these are my feast days, I was uh, 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 in a congregation I was part of a congregation and and, and, and being a, a minister in this congregation, I heard during the time that when uh, uh, I used to celebrate the winter solstice and, and celebrating the winter solstice is celebrating December the 25th as the birth Day of Christ, um, the Christ Mass, or today as Christmas, and the New Year, Father Time, okay? Um, not knowing during that particular time that this is what the winter sources really is. See, this is what the celebration of Christmas is really about. And, and we see it in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 16. Why is the judgment of God falling upon us? Why is our, bro our brothers and sisters are constantly being slaughtered by each other and by those who are slaughtering us and then saying we are doing it? Okay? Uh, why is this continuing to happen? Why don't we have a rapport with these men and women who run down on us and cannot see that we are men and women, humans, descendants of Chuck's Adam. They can't see it because we are a byword to them, okay? They call us by bywords, okay? They can't see us. And, and one of the reason why that they can't see us and know who we are and know who we are and who we is as a nation of people is because of our wickedness in forsaking the most high God to serve any other day outside of the days that God has given us in then serving days days that he have not but then declare that he has given it to us is blaspheme against God it is blaspheme against God and I know some of us are bothered by this okay some of us are bothered by this and we're not trying to bother you, okay? We're not trying to do this, but we want to read the word of God. But to say that God has given you the command to burn incense and worship the work of your own hands is not from God. 
is not from God. And this, there is, there is nothing new under the sun, says King Solomon. There is nothing new. So that which is happening in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 16, of why the judgment is falling upon them and why the judgment of God is on us. Christ said, you shall not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And in order to do that, we have to have someone who can direct us to the word of God. We're praying that the most high God put his voice in an individual to point us to the return of the son of the highest. See, because there are multiple men who are saying that God has told them but in order to do so, we know what the word of God, what the word of God does, what it does, okay? It uproots, brothers and sisters. It tears down, brothers and sisters. You know, let's read uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10 again. Behold, I have today set thee over the nations. And over the kingdoms. How? By by first ordaining him and by putting his word in his mouth. Okay? To uproot and tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, and to build and to plant. This is what the word of God does. The, but the word of God is to build us up. Okay? It's to tear down those old walls. It's to turn that heart of stone into the heart of flesh to see your neighbor, to see your brother, not to see his clothing, see, not to see his tennis shoes, not to see his car, not to see his house, but to see your brother, see, this is what it does, it tears down, see, it tears down, see, but the most high is calling in the book of Jeremiah, all the families of the north against Judah, brothers and sisters. When the Atlantic slave trade happened, that was the power of God. That was the power of God, brothers and sisters. Let me say that again. When slavery, chattel slavery happened, even though that God is going to judge that nation or the nations that have came together and made an agreement to no longer see certain individuals, which I believe are the children of the house of Israel, coincide, known as the Jews, okay, that we call them, or Christians, the disciples were called Christians first and those who are grafted in, okay? And those who are grafted in. I believe that the Most High God has sent this army and have put these people on ships 
because of the wickedness and put the yokes upon their necks until they have become destroyed, no longer understanding your own tongue, no longer being just able to practice your feast days, okay? All of this has been taken away from you to be Hellenized, to then speak and celebrate and worship other gods, not by your will, but by the will of your masters, to then celebrate them as if they are yours without the whip because you no longer feel that lash. However, now, living in a time where that the Most High God says, come out of her, some of us choose to stay in and still receive the wrath of God that is falling upon them to fall upon you as well. I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness in that they have forsaken me and have burnt incense to other gods and worship the work of their own hands. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 16, moving to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 17. You, therefore, put your belt on your waist. Talking to Jeremiah. Because remember, Jeremiah says, I'm afraid to do this. But God is telling Jeremiah, this is the reason why you are doing this. This is what my word is going to do. He told him, you're going to go to and speak to whom I command you. Jeremiah, I, I believe that we're going to see is going to go through some things. But God says, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver you. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 17. You therefore put your belt on your waist. King James. Thou therefore grid up thy loins. <laughs> Come on now. Grab them shorty. Grab them. Okay. God, that's what the most high God is saying. Grab them. You know what I'm saying? Stand like the man that I made thee. And I will ask you questions and you shall answer them. That's what he said to Job. See, God is telling Jeremiah also, stand like a man that I have made thee. See, that's what we are asking the most high God for us. And for you, for your family, to be the head of your home and to study the word of the living God and to ask the most high God to give you women in our families who believe and trust in him, to build up your wife and to turn your wife around, not to look at Sodom and Gomorrah, but to run away from it. And do not turn when he calls you out of this. Because what is man saved from, brothers and sisters? You say, I am saved. Saved from what? Listen to what 
the most high God says that he is going to do. See, if a man is saved, even in the time of Jeremiah, if God is going to save a man, he's going to save a man from this. For behold, I will call all the kingdoms of the north. Jeremiah chapter 115 says Yahweh, they will come and they will each set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Jerusalem. I will just utter my judgment against them concerning all their wickedness and that they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. Let me do something real quick if y'all don't mind. Let's look at the book of um, the book of Exodus. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Okay. I just want to read it real quick. The book of Exodus chapter 20. And I want us to hear some things. Okay. And God spake all these words. Exodus chapter 20 starting at verse 1. And God spake all these words. Saying. I am Yahweh your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. My goodness. Is Santa Claus first? Dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. On the field we go, laughing all the way to hell. To hell. That's exactly. See, to be saved means to be moved out of the wrath to come. See, the wrath to come. But there are those who will not. See, there are those who will not. See, be, let's read the Ten Commandments. Because those who will not is going to feel a wrath because the commandments are broken. And what is the very first commandment? A lot of people think the very first commandment is I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of bondage out of the, I'm sorry. I am the Lord thy God, which brought, let me read this correctly. Let me say this correctly. Sometimes we got to slow down, okay? I'm a little excited. Let me calm down some. Please forgive me. Some of us believe that this is the first commandment. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. However, that's not the first commandment. That's part of it. The first commandment is, and God spake all these words. 
saying. It's a continuation. See, I am the Lord. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thy God. See, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. What did he do out of the house of bondage? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol or any image of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them nor serve them for I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God. That word jealous means demanding. A jealous God or a demanding God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third, on the fourth generation of those who hate me. Let me read it in the King James. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, or thy God. See, for I am the Lord thy God. Is that not personal? He said, yours. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. To them that hate me, it is wickedness to serve other gods. Then he says, and showing mercy. What is salvation? What is grace? Grace is explained in the commandments of God. Verse 6 of chapter 20, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord, of Yahweh, your God, in vain, for the Lord, Yahweh, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You shall labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. You shall not do any work in it, you nor your son nor your daughter, your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your livestock, nor your stranger who is within your gate. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, 
the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land which Yahweh, your God, gives you. Look how personal that is. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimonies against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And the people perceive the thundering. Let's get verse 18. The lightning, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stayed at a distance. They said to Moses, speak with us yourself. This is how the prophets came in. This is why Jeremiah is ordained as a prophet. This is why Moses is known as a prophet. Notice what they said to Moses. You do this. This is why Moses is a prophet. The book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 19. They said to Moses, speak with us yourself and we will listen. But don't let God speak with us lest we die. Moses says, don't. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid, for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you that you won't sin. The people stayed at a distance and Moses came near to the thick darkness where God was. Yahweh said to Moses, this is what you shall tell the children of Israel. You yourselves have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall most certainly not make gods of silver or gods of gold for yourselves to be alongside me. You shall make an altar of earth for me and shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your cattle. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. My goodness, boy! Shorty! If we keep the commandments of God, notice God told Abraham, I make this covenant with you in your blood. Notice what Christ says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you love me, keep 
the commandments. Keep the commandments. That's coming from Christ. That comes from God the Father. If you love me, keep my commandments. But now let's go back to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. Notice what he says in verse 16 and why the word is coming to Jeremiah and why it is on him and why the word has its power to uproot. I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness in that they have forsaken me. Forsaken me. Remember, they have forsaken the Most High. Let's go to um, the what the fourth commandment. I mean, what God says in the book of um, 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 the book of Exodus, chapter twenty, starting at verse five. Let's go to verse five. You shall not bow down your. You shall not bow yourself down to them nor serve them for I Yahweh your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and on the fourth generation of those who hate me King James thou shall not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I am the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and the fourth generations of them that hate me. Why? Read it again. Because, brothers and sisters, it's the fathers who are teaching the children to disobey God. And God is visiting the children unto the third and the fourth generations of them that hate him see it is it is the fathers let's listen to this one more time let's listen to this one more time let's go to the book of exodus uh chapter 20 starting at verse 10 let's go there let me go there. Exodus chapter 20. And let's go at verse 5. You shall not bow yourself down to them nor serve them. Just listen. For I am Yahweh your God, am a jealous God. He's not no nan 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 nan, but a demanding God. What he's saying, I'm not playing, I'm jealous. See, when a husband and a wife is in a relationship, they think that, oh, you just jealous. That's a great thing for those who love each other because the man demands that the woman keeps the house. That means no other man should be able to touch you because the body of the woman don't belong to the woman, but belong to the man. And the man of the body doesn't belong to the man, but unto the woman. So, so that means the man should be jealous over the body as the woman is jealous over the body. What you take in to keep you healthy, that woman should be jealous if you take anything that hurts that body. 
She should be demanding, vice versa. So should the man over the woman's body. So is God over the body, over the church. God is demanding over the church and demands that the church, which is in the wilderness with Moses during the time that the commandments is given. And we read in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse five, you shall not bow down yourself to them nor serve them for I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generation of those whom hate me. Amazing. Now, let's go back to the book of Jeremiah. And um, we in Jeremiah, brothers and sisters, chapter one, we're at the end of this chapter. Um, we're at uh, 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 verse um, 17, and we are looking at why this judgment is coming down. Um, we notice that, that the house of Israel is worshiping other gods, they're bowing down to them. They're asking these things for help because that is worship. Remember the book of Matthew chapter 15 where the Gentile woman comes to ask Christ for help and Christ doesn't speak to her but helps her because she cries after Christ. She worships him and says, help me, okay? So here it is. We know that they are asking the works of their own hands to help them. We know a lot of us are stuck in this today where that instead of asking God for help, we are asking the works of our own hands to help us today. We are not going unto God for help. See, we're not asking him to do that. We're now taking technology making it to where that it is our help. And when it fails us, we then drop it and move to the next one. If that fails us, we move to the next one. Brothers and sisters, the question is, do you worship the works of your own hands? Do you trust more in the works of your own hands than you trust in God? Do you trust more in the Chuck's automobile, then you trust in God. Do you trust more in the building that you live in than you trust in God? Do you trust in more of the work in your own hands, brothers and sisters, than you do of God? For if so, this is what brings the wrath of God because men have forsaken him and has forgotten him and have trusted in their own hands. And most of the time, our own hands can bring destruction. Our own hands in an automobile can hit an innocent individual and take their lives. That's our own hands. Your own hands can be your demise. Verse 17 of the book of Jeremiah chapter one. This is what God is saying to him. You vow, therefore you, Jeremiah, Thou, 
Therefore, grit up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. Don't be afraid because the moment you start being afraid, I'm going to make you look like a fool. Make you look like that you don't know what you're doing. So when you go to them, you stand tall. Do you know how many hunched over preachers there is today? How many men and women who, can, who, who claim that God has told them to speak and when they stand before men and women, instead of speaking God's word, they then take that word and try to speak it for their own selves. Use that word to climb up another way because they are afraid of the man that's in front of them. Knowing that this word has the power to convert that man. To build that man or tear that man down. This is how powerful it is. See, if you go all the way back, men and women fight over the translations of the Bible. From the pontiff to the kings. Okay? You have the Catholic Bible and then you have the King James Bible. Then you have the Queen Bible. The, the Genevieve's Bible. Men want to control this word for their own will and their own power. See? Because it can do what God says it does. If he rests this power on a man, his word. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, a fortified city, and an iron pillar. A pillar holds up. And brassing wall against the whole land. They all gonna come at you. But as they come at you, know what I'm putting on you. The whole armor of God is on Jeremiah. Is the whole armor of God upon you? Do you pray for the whole armor of God upon you and upon your children? Do you pray that the whole armor of God is upon your seed and upon the seed that you shall plant inside to bring forth your children. Do you pray that God ordains your children in the belly that when they come out of the womb, they come out of a, from that womb a blessed man, a blessed woman. See? For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city. Notice that the people of God is considered a city. Mm, my goodness. And when the word of God is on the people of God, they are considered a city. And the word of God is a defense city. The, the, the Ten Commandments, which we just read, is a defense. It's a wall in the city. This is who we are as the people of God. See, 
he he continues to tell who Jeremiah who he is and how this word is going to protect him a brassing wall against the whole land against the kings of Judah against the princes thereof against the priests thereof and against the people of the land when you speak the word of God you're not speaking it against the world you're speaking it against the people whom God is bringing the world against hallelujah and when you speak it against the people God has to prepare you because the people are going to call you a liar the people are going to say, no, we don't want to hear this. The people are going to say, cast them out because we're partying like it's 1999. But do not know that something's coming down that pipeline. Do not, they do not know that you are sliding down a razor blade. It haven't hit your spine because you are too thick. But the water that you sliding down is an alcohol bath. See? They don't know. Man, we partying. Sliding down that razor blade. Here we go. And what happens when you get to the end of the alcohol river? And the alcohol river is 100 miles long and 100 miles wide before you can even get out that alcohol river. How long you think you gonna burn in there? How long? Because the word of God is a defense city and it makes us a defense city. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillar and brassing walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land, because even the priests speak against the word of God, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. They shall fight you're going to go through tribulations. When we bring the word of God, you're going to go through the tribulations. See? This is why we ask, how come men such as Martin Luther King is dead? How come he didn't die of old age? How come Malcolm X is dead? What word was they bringing? What word did they bring? Did no disrespect to these brothers of ours and pray that God has forgiven them of their transgressions before they were taken out by the federal government, the FBI, quoting from the Sparks, okay? It's a newspaper called The Sparks, which reads, FBI covered up, exposed in Malcolm X murder as two men are exonerated. See, as two men are exonerated. 
they will fight. But the word of God is supposed to be a defense city. It broke up and gave a big blow to but the nation of Islam. A lot of people don't think so, but that separation, it did. It did, even though they are strong and moving forward and teaching the black community and they're preaching more of the scriptures than anything I hear. Not, which is showing that the work of God is being worked for he's watching carefully over his word. And we cannot point the finger when they mention the word of God and when they're teaching who the house of Israel is in America. Deuteronomy chapter 28. However, to Jeremiah, God is commanding him to do something and God is telling him that they will fight against you. But they will not prevail against you. Why? For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver thee. Brothers and sisters, I want to say thank you for this reading. We have um, read the book of Jeremiah. First, in the first part of Jeremiah, chapter 1, we have read the book of Jeremiah. And in the second part, we have went through a study of the book of Jeremiah. Um, hopefully that you have received something from the book of Jeremiah, reading from um, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. We also went to the book of Exodus chapter 1 and reading the Ten Commandments. Hopefully that there is something that you have received out of the Ten Commandments. Um, brothers and sisters, um, I want to leave you with this prayer. Um, I pray for you, um, not just for you. I hope that uh, 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 if you are a child of the Most High God, um, that you also pray for us, that you pray for that um, this word gets out. I pray that you help us get this word out. Um, um, I will tell you, I don't know how to do this. The only way I know how to do this is to trust in God, and I'm trusting that the Most High God will Bless all those who desire to hear this, and 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 I do ask that you forgive me of um, um, my speech. I might be rude in speech, brothers and sisters. I can't pronounce every word perfectly or correctly, um, but pray that we're not um, 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 not rude in knowledge. Heavenly Father, we come to thee and we say thank you. We say thank you for giving us the ability to read thy word and to study thy word. Heavenly Father, only you are the perfect one. Only you know thy word perfectly. Only you know thy word in and out. Heavenly Father, you you, you monitor your word, Heavenly Father. You monitor it, Heavenly Father. You look at your word, Heavenly Father, and you send your word out, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the prophet Jeremiah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the writing of um, the words that you have given Jeremiah. Heavenly Father, for if there 
is his anything in this time that we are to receive from the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, Heavenly Father. We are asking that you, Heavenly Father, that you rest that upon us, Heavenly Father. We're asking that you open up our eyes, Heavenly Father. We're asking, Heavenly Father, that you forgive us of our transgressions, Heavenly Father. We're asking that you lead us, Heavenly Father, on a path unto righteousness, Heavenly Father. We're asking that you plant us like a tree, Heavenly Father, beside a smooth uh, uh, river, Heavenly Father, a nice river, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we're asking that you hide us, Heavenly Father, in your wings, Heavenly Father. We're asking that you keep us in your hand, Heavenly Father. We're asking that if it's thy will that you put your word upon us, Heavenly Father. We're asking this, Heavenly Father, as we study thy word, Heavenly Father, and we pray as a people, Heavenly Father, as your people, Heavenly Father. We also pray for those who are grafted in, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who have been Hellenized, Heavenly Father, for those who have, who who realize, Heavenly Father, that they are following the practices, Heavenly Father, of the heathens, Heavenly Father, and you're calling us out, Heavenly Father, for only you have the power, Heavenly Father, to call us out, Heavenly Father, and you're calling us, Heavenly Father, in the name of the Son of the Highest, Heavenly Father. Only you are doing this, Heavenly Father. You have to do all the work, Heavenly Father. We, are, we want to rest in your hands, Heavenly Father, for we are tired. We're weary, Heavenly Father, and we can do no more, Heavenly Father, unless you help us, unless you rest your spirit, your word upon us that will give us the strength, Heavenly Father, to stand up and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, until next time, I hope that you stay tuned with us and that you study with us and that you share this with others. And say, tune in. Until next time. Amen.